Did you miss the headline and the top story of the day? Extra, extra, read all about it. Don't worry, because we got you covered. This is how we do. It's the Cattles and Rami. Top spot. All right, let's start with the news of the day because we've had lots of updates over the past uh, 45 minutes to an hour that we have not gotten to. Uh, it's the, an ever-changing world, Nick Cattles. It is. So uh, the news of the day in the sports world was that Chris Paul was going to be waived by the Phoenix Suns, making him officially a free agent. Not so fast. Yeah, this was from uh, Chris Haynes earlier today who tweeted out, Suns have notified Chris Paul that he will be waived, making the future Hall of Famer one of the top free agents this offseason. Haynes then followed that up by saying, Paul plans to play several more years and is eager to help a team contend for a championship. But as Rami said, hold up, wait a minute. There's more to this story. Pump those brakes. We found out that Brian Windhorst uh, had already kind of had this conversation. I think it was on Zach Lowe's podcast. And uh, Windhorst had mentioned, he he did one of those Windhorst finger moment things, right? He, he had one of those moments. And he mentioned that, Chris Paul could end up being released and then that the Suns would then re-sign Chris Paul for less money but keep him on the team. So, with that as a backdrop, Sham Sharania has now written a story about Chris Paul and he says that the Suns and Paul are exploring multiple options including a trade, releasing him and stretching his contract, or guess what? Waving and re-signing him in free agency. Then you had Adrian Wojnarowski jump in. And Woj says that Chris Paul wants to return to the Suns. And he wants to partner with his close friend Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. John Gambadoro from our friend Bonneville Station down there in Phoenix. He tweeted out, and there's nobody, I'm telling you, He's tied in. John Gambadoro gets he, pretty much everything Suns-related correct. He don't miss. He tweets out just a little while ago that the Chris Haynes report is false. The Suns are having discussions about Chris Paul's future, but they have not made a decision as of this time. And then Woj also reports that one of the options the Suns are exploring, Rami, is packaging CP3 along with DeAndre Ayton together in a trade. Okay. There's a lot going on. What is true is my question. There's a lot going on. And uh, who knows what the truth is. I mean, it seems like most, outside of Chris Haynes, most agree that Chris Paul and the Suns are having conversations. And that the Suns are trying to figure out which option they want. That they I, have yet to actually go to Chris Paul and say, we're we're letting you go. We're, we're letting you walk. We're waving you. So that's the part of the Chris Haynes report that seems like it could be off. I'm going to create a really fluid, just loosey-goosey headline. Loosey-goosey okay. <laughs> headline for <laughs> this whole situation. Because I'm not quite sure what I should be Telling the good people. I right don't. Now. I don't either. I, I don't think there. I don't think there is hard news here. All of this okay. now is just conflicting reports. reports. Okay, I received From, that. By the way, all reliable sources. Yes. Chris Haynes, as rock solid as they come <laughs> in NBA reporting, yes. really good. When like, you sent me 
in our, our little Slack. I didn't know what to deal with that. I just put a question mark. I'm like, wait, what is going on? Yeah, and then you got Gambo. Conflicting report. Who's yep. as locked in, and like we said, is yep. anybody, is anybody, obviously, Windhorst and Shams and, and Wote, <laughs> like... These are so, these are some of the, the heaviest hitters in the NBA reporting game. All have very solid sources yeah. and all seem to be getting different stories. Not a lot of news today in the sports world. That's now, a good thing. What here, is happening? Here's the here's the uh, bit of information that's critical with all of this. And that is uh, when they have to make this decision. You know, Roy Seeley in the in the chat, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports eleven forty, give us that thumbs up. Says nothing's happening until after the draft. Well, something could happen during the draft. We spoke to Rafael Barlow earlier in the show, and he said he thinks there's going to be some big trades on draft night. Now, whether or not he's right, I don't know. But the key date here, Rami, is uh, June 28th. So three weeks from today is when they have to make some kind of decision on this partial guaranteed contract of Chris Paul. So within the next three weeks, we should get an idea as to what they're going to do. They've got three weeks to figure this out. It sounds like, you know, maybe Chris Haynes jumped the gun a little bit. Maybe he didn't. I remember Chris Haynes. I remember it clearly because it was about the Celtics. But I remember when he got the news that Gordon Hayward was signing with the Celtics like 12, 13 hours, I think, before anybody else did. And people were questioning Haynes. and But he ended up being right. So maybe Haynes is right. Maybe the Suns are kind of, you know, getting to these other reporters saying, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This could be a simple situation where maybe Chris Paul said something to Haynes. Maybe Chris Paul's agent said something to Haynes. I, mean, I, I want to go I want to go back to the – how did Chris Haynes originally word it? I want to go back to the original tweet reporting it. What? Phoenix Suns have notified Chris Paul that he will be waived. That he will be. Yeah. Okay. So he hasn't been yet. No, he hasn't been and waived yet. he can't yet. be, I guess. The, the, the off-season calendar hasn't started yet. So maybe they're telling him, look, if we can't work out a trade, I'm just trying to piece together the various reports Yeah, of Gambo, Windhorst, and, and Chris Haynes. Maybe they've told him, hey, we are shopping you, along with DeAndre Ayton. That goes along with the Adrian Wojnarowski report, right? Yep. But if we don't, then we'll probably release you by, what was the date you said, June 28th? Yes, three and weeks we from do, today. And if we do that, maybe we can talk about bringing you back at a cheaper price. Wow. That, that way, putting the pieces together like that makes all three of these guys right. A Does beautiful it not? tapestry you've created here. A roadmap. Maybe. <laughs> maybe somebody got this to Chris Haynes to try to create some leverage for CP3. Possibly. And put some pressure on Phoenix. Or put go. some pressure on some other team that might be thinking of trading for Chris Paul. I love that it's already June seventh, and we already have this much this much fuel for our NBA rumor yeah. and speculation like wagon. Kyrie you know I mean? thing, Kyrie thing this <laughs> week. We got CP chugging right along. We got a full tank. I mean, we're still oh. you know just over three weeks away from the draft. Wait until the draft. We Woo. get closer to the draft, baby. Oh. Feels Juice. great, baby. Feels oh. great. Love it. So uh, that's the top story of the day. CP three. Has he been waived? Is he going to be waived? Do they want to waive him? We'll have to wait and see. And uh, we had a text here. Text says, can the Suns waive Paul and then re-sign him for much cheaper? Yes, I I just think he has to uh, clear waivers and all that good stuff. So I, I do think there is a way. And that's what Brian Windhorst had said 
before any of this was mentioned, that he thought that was the plan, which tells me that somebody's been talking about that. Brian Windhorst didn't just wake up and create that scenario. Somebody told him. And start doing this? Yeah. Just pointing his with fingers. Those, with those fingers. Um, somebody had to tell Wendy that that was an option that they have. I don't know if they told him it's been discussed already, but somebody put that on his radar. So we'll see what happens. It's kind of wild. We're talking about a guy who was, what, like 38, 39 and couldn't finish the playoffs this year? I mean, he might play 40 games next year. Speaking of kind of wild, I'm looking up at the TV now. I'm very easily distracted. And the steeplechase is going. It's one of the weirdest events in sports. Like, it's cross-country. Yes. With hurdles. Yes. And then some of the hurdles. Giant hurdles, by the way. Have a body of water on the other side. And you just got to run through water. Like It's who- like a, it's a mixture of marathon race and, uh, like, horse racing. Those little horse competition. Equestrian. When they jump over the little pools. Well, they who get thought of this? Who was like, all right, cross-country race, hear me out. But instead of just running, giant hurdles, and some of those hurdles are going to include a pool. You're just going to have to run through a pool. Like, Make it wet. Who, <laughs> I wish those, the, the little pool, though, I, I wish they actually, like, made it, like, six feet deep. So, like, when a person goes, if he, if he falls short, if he falls into the pool, he falls into the pool, then they have to drag themselves back out. Now it's they're so fully weird. soaked and they got to keep running. This and the, which one is the one where they, they're on skis and then they stop and shoot targets? Uh, yeah. Yes. Those two, the, those two events are just the weirdest events in the world of sports to me. Just random combinations of other events. <laughs> the hurdle size is something spectacular, Ridiculous. by the way. Giant hurdle. They're horse hurdles. They're, they're they are. right. They're horse hurdles. This is horse. This over. is equestrian, human style. That's what this is. <laughs> they should put a smaller person. I just saw what you guys are talking about. They're huge. It's yeah. like a, a, above their belly button. Yeah. Are you watching it? Oh yeah. my god! Because uh, water's coming up. I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're about to run. Th- yeah, there we go. There, there hey. we go. They're all running through a pool Flash. now. So Your feet weird. are all wet. It's getting irritating. How do you keep running with with wet feet like that? There's so so many blisters. Platypus. <laughs> what are we doing here? You go sockless, right? Running through all that water, you, you got ha- you have to. <laughs> got to be sockless. You got to be sockless. You know what That's I would so wear? Good, good good pair of Crocs. I would wear those. Oh, no. I'd wear those stupid shoes with the toes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the little like the, the individualized, yeah. yes, yeah. the creepy ones. What happened to those? I don't I see anybody wearing those. Are they just like aliens? I don't see there. anybody wearing those. The only people that were wearing them was people that do uh, human equestrian. <laughs> Wasn't a big market for it. It's so weird. We it's Nick, the weirdest Nick, time out, time out. I did equestrian. Did you? Yes. Really. <laughs> Oh my God! I told you this. I could see Mommy Simone last doing... week with Whitey. He asked me what sports I did. Oh <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. With your Princess Leia haircut, <laughs> did you wear like the beige leggings that they all wear? No. Huh. A button-up shirt. <laughs> yeah. The hat. That weird little hat. The helmet. No idea. Yeah, you have the to helmet. Wear a helmet. helmet. Thing? Yeah. Yes. I want pictures. Okay, I was in Elk Grove. Yeah, it makes sense because Simone is really thing. like jockey size. She's yeah. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wiping tears from my eyes. That's been a really funny segment for me. <laughs> oh lord. Oh my goodness. All right, uh, in 90 seconds, we'll tell you how NBA fans are telling the national media to shut up. Cattles and Rami. Sato Sports.
you know they they jump over the giant hurdle. They don't really jump over it when it's the water time. They they jump and they land on it with one foot and then oh, they go. They step the water. over it. Yeah. Huh. That's for the water one. It's tremendous athleticism. I do have to say that. It's just a weird <laughs> event. Yeah, none of these guys are in the shape of us out there. That that wouldn't quite well, work. Speak for yourself. I did a half hour spin class. Just thirty? That's all yeah, you had in but you? Then I did a half hour yoga after that. Oh. Yeah. Got that in. Have to get that in. Gotta get that in. Without that, you're lost. Flexibility and balance are key. Yes. And being a finely tuned athlete such as myself. Did you wear the uh, the shoes with the individual toes for your spin class? Yes. Yes, I did, Jay. I figured. I figured you would. <laughs> Had to. I have a, a special set of kicks for those. Dude, I would see those in the gym all the time just a few years ago. What, the the feet sneaker the feet, things? Yeah, the individual toe sneaker things. Those are like soccer dash shoes. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Oh, Nick, it's your birthday next. I know what we're getting you. <laughs> Don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> what size shoe are you, Nick? Uh, nine. Nine. Gift receipt coming your way. Nick. Gift <laughs> receipt. I got your back, brother. You like black? You like blue? <laughs> I'd wear them around. <laughs> I'm trying. I wonder if they're comfortable. No, they're no, not. Wait a minute. No, not a, public, <laughs> not, not a public place. I said I'd wear them around, but I would not wear them. You know, where? Wear them where are you going to wear them at? At home, you know. No, for, the wife is going to take them off. Dog walks and all that stuff. You think Kelly would? Yes. <laughs> she got, she, she's got style. She was if just talking I about her see shorts. Someone coming towards me, walking their dog in those shoes. I'm walking across the street. I feel like they're okay. You and Sammy, you and can you imagine <laughs> Sammy ass. walking down? Sammy will be looking at you weird. I feel like they're those things are so ugly. Man. I feel like they're acceptable around the pool or a body of water for some reason, but just out and uh, about, like no? water shoes or something. Yeah. Okay. Back you think they got the bottom <laughs> on the? I mean, grip on the bottom of them. They do. Yes. They, they're like they got like. Uh, have you ever seen like gardening gloves or work gloves, Jay? Where like the the grip is it's like it's, it's uh, yeah, it's like painted on. It's like part of it. You know what I mean? That's. That's what they're like. Rock climbing kicks. Yeah, exactly. Putting a link in the Slack right now, so you, you can check it out, JJ. Okay. So. We got your birthday present. It's best Best toe running shoes in 2023. com. You want flexibility, Rami, from these. You know, I do remember. You want zero drop, whatever that means. You want breathability. That's what they give you. Those are the three things you need. That's what they... I do remember a while back, there was a... Vibram Five Fingers V-Trail 2.0 <laughs> is the best toe-running shoe in 2023. How much does it cost, Nick? Uh, well, right let's, let's see. Uh, let's go to Amazon here. That would be uh, $134.95. No. They're called uh, minimalist or barefoot shoes. I remember seeing an author a few years ago on The Daily Show who, like, he went and followed, like, Kenyan marathon runners and was, like, documenting their training program, blah, 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 how they get ready. And one of the distinct differences that he noticed and advantages that they have is they run without shoes. And he found that, like, the shoes that we wear yeah. are not actually yeah. doing us a lot of good in yes. the walking and running that we're doing. and. 
we'd be better off barefoot I think in a I lot have of situations. Seen slash read similar things. And right. these shoes came on the heels, no pun intended. <laughs> ah, waka waka. <laughs> of that. We're turning a corner. Uh, meanwhile, uh, NBA Finals about to tip off in a little bit. Game two. Here's something cool about Game 2. The same amount of people, like identical amount of people, watched Game 2 this year than last year. So identical amount. I think it was like 11.91 million people watched Game 2 of Miami-Denver and 11.91 million people watched Golden State and Boston. I thought the NBA was going to die because these were two Ah, mid-level markets. Yes, see? See what we're doing? I I thought it was all over for the NBA. Miami's not really, you know, mid-market. Miami's 10 or 11, I think, aren't they? They're, they're somewhere in the 10 range. But, yeah, the thought, the, the national media, Rami, the narratives seem to be uh, less in touch than they might give themselves credit for because everybody was saying that nobody would be interested in this series, nobody would be watching this series, underestimating NBA fans. NBA product is, is in really good shape right now. And people are watching. So even though you had Boston, who was, I think, the 10th market in the country, and Golden State, San Francisco, which is, you know, I think fourth or fifth, you had two top 10 markets last year. You're getting the same, you're getting the same amount of eyeballs on the product this year. I think unless you're talking top three, maybe top five markets, Chicago, L.A., New York, I don't know what's right behind those, you're not going to see a huge difference. No. You, know, you know what I mean in terms of – the ratings based on market size. You're not going to see a huge difference. I think it's about, you know, players versus all, Yes, too. superstars, what yeah. kind of superstars are, are involved. Like, there's some intrigue about Jokic. If you don't watch Jokic every night, mm-hmm. if you don't watch Jokic much at all, you're a casual NBA fan, you get a chance to watch this guy, he's a unique player. Also, who doesn't love an underdog when you talk about the exactly. eight-seed Miami Heat? People it love a Cinderella. Love they it. love a Cinderella, which is absolutely part of this. It seems like... This is the only sport where we have this discussion, though, isn't it? We we don't we when, certainly don't have it with the NFL. We don't talk about World Series matchups and small markets and what it's going to do to ratings. We don't do that with the Super Bowl in the NFL. Well, I don't know why basketball specifically people are so obsessed with the market size and the ratings and everything else. It doesn't matter. It's also funny how all those conspiracy theories about how the NBA wanted the Lakers versus the Celtics in the finals those disappeared pretty quickly. When Denver and Miami ended up being the series. I don't see many people going, oh, it's a fi- it fixes in. L.A. and Boston fixes in. That's it. It's all fixed. It's all rigged. Well, Denver and Miami's a matchup. Well, well, you know. You sound like uh, Brad Garrett, the guy who played Ray Romano's brother. Oh, who does the Subway commercials <laughs> now, right? Or something, right? <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Johns. Jimmy Johns. Yeah. That's right. Tony Baloney. Why do you know his name? Just really no reason to know his name. It's actually a really good premise for a commercial. I'm not going to lie. Tony Baloney? And he's a really funny comedian, for those I who mean, don't know. Brad Garrett's a funny dude. It's also just, you know, I mean, making a mockery of the uh, Italian heritage, but that's fine. I'm a quarter Italian, and I approve. Tony Baloney, you know? That's fine. You make fun of Italians. It's fine. Baloney's not even Italian. You don't think they're trying to do the Tony Baloney Italian mobster kind of guy? Oh, no. He's definitely okay. doing Okay. Well, yeah, thank you. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank uh, you. Let's give away some Nikki Glazer tickets. Let's. Live Nation has your plug to check out Nikki Glazer on a Good Girl Comedy Tour coming to the Hard Rock Live Sacramento October 14th. Caller number nine to the contest line. That is our uh, awesome Folsom Lake Honda 
hotline slash contest line, 1-800-920-1140. Call number nine of that contest line, 1-800-920-1140. You get to go see Nikki Glazer at Hard Rock Live Sacramento on October 14th. Call number nine, 1-800-920-1140. Congratulations to caller number nine on getting those ducats. We'll discuss the NBA draft and the call. Phone lines. The phone is ringing. And we are checking to see who's on the line. Long time listener, first time caller. News gossip, a story. Okay, who's the next victim? It's the callback. On Cattles and Rami. All righty. Our friend Raphael Barlow joined us earlier today to talk NBA draft, of course. Barlow would be the director of scouting at NBA Big Board, and he was on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. For some reason, Simone stopped singing that, and sometimes I did enjoy that. I should not have said it. Damn it, I just realized that I made a mistake. (laughs) Every time now. I was singing it for a while there, too. I kind of forgot about it. Everybody was singing it. I think I took some time off and just forgot about it. JJ was like, where the hook at? You want to try it right now? You want no, to no, no, no. Because it has to be organic. It's got to be Didn't somewhat Didn't we organic. mess it up and then we got, you know, basically kicked out from it? Multiple times yeah, that, you okay. messed it up. Yes, that feels on brand. We've done a lot of singing together since, though, and I think Aww. I think we can nail it. I think we've done enough that right. we can nail it now. You're right. Side hustle, Christmas caroler. Mm. You and Simone. We could put out an album. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that was. The Cattles and Rami Christmas song. The Cattles and Rami Christmas album. Cattles oh. and Rami Christmas collection. Oh, all right. Let's oh. get back to Raphael Barlow, shall I hope we? The people up top are listening right people now. People up top. There's money to be made. The uh, people up top. The people up top. All right. Uh, Raphael Barlow was with us, and uh, I asked Raphael if you could give us a breakdown of Chris Murray, Keegan's brother, as a prospect. Um. There's some similarities, obviously, because they're twins. I know one is right-handed, one is left-handed. I mean, obviously, Keegan is, is, is the better player, but I think that just a one-year age difference could end up being like a 20-spot draft difference. And so, um, but I think I think Chris is, is good. I, I think the, the thing about Chris that a lot of people are are – underestimating is that you, you, you got a guy that's ready to come in to contribute right away. And by the end of his rookie year, you have him in his prime. So you're going to get some really good years out of him. You know, I was listening to a conversation last night on a podcast, Rami, about this new CBA that will be kicking in next year. And, uh, well, next summer, I should say. And um, one of the points that, that was made, it was made by uh, John Corrales, does a good job. Uh, he was he was talking about how, and I've said how important these draft picks are when you get into the twenties. Like you, you can't miss them because if you're a team that's contending, if you're a playoff team, you got to hit these picks to, to help with the the depth because obviously you can't just keep paying for people. That's even more the case now with the new CBA. Yes, because the new CBA is going to handcuff you in many different ways that you were not handcuffed with the current CBA. So when we talk about nailing a pick at twenty four, it's that much more important. And and some would argue too and this was the point that was made in the podcast as well, the value of these picks from like 20 to 30 is going to drop precipitously after this year. 
because a lot of teams are going to want second round picks at the top of the second round because you're not you're not getting a guaranteed contract. So a lot of teams are not going to want to put themselves in a position where they've got to keep that guaranteed money on the books by picking somebody at 27. They'd rather take a swing at somebody at 33. At 30, yeah. So it's it's all kind of very interesting as we think about the Kings improving and getting better and, and, and being able to It really uh, feels contend. like this new CBA is going to change the landscape. Yeah, Keith Smith. NBA. I know you've had him on when I was yeah. out. I've, we've had him on together. Mm-hmm. I've had him on before mm-hmm. uh, working with you. Keith Smith said that his kind of vision of the NBA is just be ready for a bunch of turnover every two to four years. There's not going to be. He said if you have a superstar, then yeah, you're going to have a superstar for a long time. But he said if you're not like a top 15 player, you're going to see a lot of turnover because people are not going to want to keep signing these players to big contracts, which are going to limit their ability to do other things. So he said be ready for a bunch of two-year deals. Be ready for a bunch of, okay, we tried it out with this window. Now it's time to move to the next window. And I don't think necessarily that's a great thing for the NBA. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah that could be a, an adverse side effect. Yeah. Because I agree with, you know, trying to trying to push things toward parity and 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 not, not this concentration of superstars right. in like three, four, five markets. But there there will be some adverse side effects based on based on what you're laying out here, Nick. I like stability. Let's get back to Raphael Barlow. One, one last one for Raphael. Uh, good enough talent. When we look at the range here, 20 to 25, Kings will be at 24. The type of player we're looking at. No, it's, it's, it's a lot of talent. I think between 15 through 30, it's pretty fluid. And, I mean, if a guy goes 15, it wouldn't surprise me. If he falls to 25 or even 30, it wouldn't surprise me. It's a lot of young wings. I think it's somewhat of a crapshoot in a sense because, um, for the most part, teams are trying to 19-year-olds after, like, 30 games. So there's going to be some hits. There's going to be some misses. But I think it's a draft where – Someone could be in the late 20s or mid-20s, and they provide the same value as someone selected in the lottery. It's great news for the Kings. It is. If you're going to get the same kind of value at 24 than you could get at 15, sign me up. And Or just, just the nature of those picks, Nick. You know, you know what I mean? When he says... There's a lot of there's there's a lot of uh, how did he word it? There there are a lot of moving pieces between 15 and 30. That means that there's there's not a lot of difference or separation in the talent in 15 to 30, and also a, a chance that you get somebody at 24 who's just as good, if not better, and than than somebody who you get at 15. It brings more of a crapshoot element to this because while they all look. Like they're close. Some guys, when they get to this league, are going to separate themselves yeah. from others. You know what I mean? And yep. if you can get somebody at 24 who's the prize of the back half of this first round, then that'd be that'd be outstanding. And goes a long way to what you were talking about before of you got a hit on these picks. Again, thanks to Raphael Barlow for joining us. Really good stuff from him today. Director of Scouting at the NBA Big Board. And he was on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your, your one stop Honda shop. I, I knew where, I made a mistake. I don't know where Simone was. She's busy talking to the contest winner. No. Oh, She's okay. giving Nikki Glazer tickets That's away. Fair. That's fair. I'll let it slide. By the way, I, I kind of just I envision that Simone is a big Nikki Glazer fan. I'm a big Nikki Glazer fan. Very similar sense of humor. I'm a fan. 
I like her. Hmm. All right, the meeting that was described as a bleep show and why. All right, so this is uh, this is quite the story here. The PGA had a meeting because, of course, they had to. Uh, Jay Monahan and and PGA golfers, the PGA Tour, had a meeting about the Live Golf merger, and uh, reportedly this thing got ugly. It, it got pretty ugly. There are multiple reports out there. I'll, I'll give you some of the information here, Rami. First, Mark Sklaback from ESPN wrote that Australian golfer Jeff Ogilvie told reporters that a player called Monahan a hypocrite during the meeting, which lasted more than an hour. I mean, that's just facts. Yes. Yeah. PGA Tour winner Johnson Wagner told Golf Channel that there was plenty of anger in the room. Quote, it was contentious. There were many moments where certain players were calling for new leadership and even got a couple standing ovations. Mm. <laughs> calling for Jay Monahan's job and the whole place started to stand. <laughs> They're spitting. Uh, during Tuesday's meeting with Monahan, several players complained about being kept in the dark during the negotiations. So there's, there's, you know, there's a piece of what happened. Then we get to the Telegraph with more details. James Corrigan wrote, Rory McIlroy became involved in a foul-mouthed slanging match at the already infamous players' meeting. Good for you. McIlroy kept quiet until Grayson Murray, the world's number 227th ranked player, keep that in mind, shouted for Monaghan to resign, saying, we don't trust you, Jay, you lied to our face. McIlroy yelled back, just play better, Grayson. The girls are fighting. <laughs> but in a mutinous it Sounds atmosphere. like a Vanderpump reunion. Hell yeah, Rami. <laughs> but, but in a mutinous... Still a Bravo Cinematic Universe. Trying to push forward. <laughs> trying to push forward. But in a mutinous atmosphere, the world number three's uh, defensive Monaghan apparently did not achieve unanimous approval. Golf Channel first reported the exchange, and another source has confirmed to Telegraph Sport that Murray responded by telling McElroy to bleep off. Johnson Wagner estimated that the negative slash positive split of the room was 90-10. (laughs) (laughs) With Monaghan coming under siege. Uh, There was another report. I saw another quote that just called this meeting a bleep show. That's how it was defined. Not surprised. No, a bleep show. Uh, So it's a little bit messy. For the PGA right now. Yeah. Kind of like the whistle in this game so far for the Nuggets. When you, They're not getting any calls. When you find out via Twitter that you've been lied to, betrayed, yeah. that you were that you you were you were put out there to to sell the line of of these lies and, and this manipulation. Yeah, I would I would think I would think things get maybe a little bit contentious when when you get behind closed doors and you get you get to voice how you feel. About the whole situation. I, I would think things maybe get a little bit contentious there. So things not great for Jay Monahan. Some some infighting amongst the golfers. Meanwhile, you had Bryson DeChambeau, who was obviously a golfer for Liv. He signed a nine-figure deal with Liv Golf. He was on CNN today. And uh, it was pretty apparent quickly that this was a bad miscalculation to have one Bryson DeChambeau on CNN. Here is DeChambeau with Caitlin Collins on the Jamal Khashoggi murder. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's unfortunate what has happened, and that's something I cannot necessarily speak on as I'm a golfer. But what I can say is that 
um, what they're trying to do, what they're trying to work on is, is to be better allies, because we are allies with them. And, and look, I'm not going to get into politics of it. I'm not specialized in that. But what I can say is they are trying to do good for the world and showcase themselves in a light that hasn't been seen in a while. And nobody's perfect, but we're all trying to improve in life. They're trying to do good for the world. It's about the murder of a journalist. And nobody is perfect. He should have just stopped when he said, I'm, I'm a golfer. Yeah. I'm not an expert. Yeah, stop just right there, stop. Because stop, the answer only got worse from there. That's, I mean, I said earlier, I don't know how Jay Monahan goes on the Golf Channel as unprepared as he was for his interview. Who thought, who in the world thought, let's send Bryson DeChambeau out there to try and try and put a good face on this thing, to spin this thing? Who thought he was ready for that question right there <laughs> about the murder of a journalist for simply reporting on, on what the Saudi government was doing and how they operate? And, and that's who you just got in bed with. But, hey, man, they're trying to make the world a better place. And nobody's perfect. And they're allies. They're allies. Now, that part of it, you know what? If he just played the card of, well, you know, our government is in bed with them. And we got blood on our hands, too, here in America. Like, that that's a more viable answer than what he gave right there of nobody's perfect. You know... Nobody's perfect. I want to see that as a murder defense at the next trial. I mean, yeah, I murdered the guy, but I'm trying to make the world a better place. And after Listen, all, nobody's I, perfect. I think people deserve second chances. And, uh, you know, even if it's about a murder, should allow a second chance here. Nobody's perfect. Look, this we all is, make mistakes. Here, here's, here's the problem. People not understanding, not comprehending, not acknowledging that they need to stay in their damn lane. And... You know, when you have a professional golfer go on CNN, I'm not saying every pro golfer is going to get eaten alive, but there is a probability that you are going to get eaten alive at some point. And Rami, all you need, DeChambeau could have been excellent for the other five minutes of this interview. The damage was done. That 30-second clip we just played you was enough to ruin him. It's so dismissive. It's of so dismissive it of a murder. Of course Of it a is. government-sanctioned murder. Yes. Of a journalist. Yes. And a gruesome one at that. There, I won't get into the details no, of we it. No, don't, we don't need to. But a gruesome murder at that. Just trying to improve, trying to get better. And he trying has to, the gall, the audacity, the temerity to say they're trying to make the world a better place? And nobody is perfect? It's clear what they're doing. And it, it's been written about. It's been talked about. Sports washing is a thing. Yes. And, and that's what's happening here. Yes. And that's what Saudi keeps doing is, is they're going to funnel a bunch of money into these fun, popular sports. So they have that link, that connection to fun, popular sports. And they're trying to reshape, reform their image in the public sphere by doing that. Meanwhile, you know, business is being conducted. And so it's it's just DeChambeau's agent has to step up and say, Bryson, don't go don't do, do the show, man. Don't do it. Do not go do that show. Uh, here was DeChambeau on the uh, 9-11 victims' families not agreeing with the move. 
Well, I think we'll never be able to repay the families back for what exactly happened uh, just over 20 years ago. And what happened was is definitely horrible. And I think as time has gone on, 20 years is, is passed and we're in a place now where it's time to start trying to work together to make things better together as a whole. Um, I have deep sympathy. I don't know exactly what they're feeling. I can't ever know what they feel, but I have a huge amount of respect for their position and what they believe, Um, nor do I ever want anything like that to ever occur again. I think as we move forward from that, we've got to look towards the pathway to peace, uh, especially in forgiveness, especially if we're trying to mend the world and make it a better place. Uh, I think this is what they're trying to accomplish. Liv is trying to accomplish. Um, the PIF is trying to accomplish. We're all trying to accomplish is a better yeah. world for everybody and a way to provide but great entertainment not- for everybody around the world. It's been 20 plus years. How long are we going to hold this grudge? You know what I mean? The world has changed. Things have changed. The, one of the first things I would say is that DeChambeau can't stop himself. He's like one of those people that he just starts answering a question. He's just going to mm-hmm. keep saying more and more and more and more and more until somebody shuts his water he's off. Like I'll get myself out of this hole. And you can tell he's always gotten that praise before that you're so smart, you're so eloquent, well spoken, you know. And I think he challenged himself to get up and do this platform. Didn't work out. You know, it's not a. He said one word that would drive me nuts: belief. It's not a belief from these 9-11 families. Like, it's what you said. It's what was done. That's a new tactic, though. People, you'll, you'll state facts, and people will go, that's just what you believe. No, these are actually facts. This is, this is what happened. This is what is happening. It's not what I believe. Yep. Monahan's look stupid. DeChambeau's look stupid. You got a bunch of golfers yelling at each other in meetings. But, but it's good great. for the sport. It's great for golf. And they're making the world a better place. And uh, hey, Nick. Yes. You were great today, but nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Trying to get better, Rami, every day. Every uh, day. Thanks to uh, JJ and Simone. Great stuff. Rami, good stuff. Thank you. Uh, back tomorrow on a Thursday. Full four hours, of course. Until then, it's Cattles and Rami, Sacktown Sports.